Hey everybody, this is Alf speaking. Welcome back to the Macro Compass. Yesterday, in the Senate Banking Committee hearing, Powell brought his hawkish stance to new highs. Strong economy, healthy levels of consumer savings, a hundred basis point hikes are not off the table. To top it off, he even said the Fed is probably going to sell mortgage-backed securities from their balance sheet. Well, just more of the same. Well, there is a big news. And the big news is that for the first time in eight months, the bond market isn't compounding Powell's hawkish rhetoric. Actually, it isn't even aligning with Powell in the first place. It's basically calling his bluff. So I decided to write this article to basically ask myself, when is it time to buy bonds again, diversified portfolio? You had a positive carry return generating asset class with the ability to dampen the equity market drawdowns. I mean, great. But does this always hold? Well, actually, not really. Um, I put a chart in the article that shows how when inflation expectations are comfortably around or below the 2% area, then bonds are likely to be negatively correlated with stocks on a consistent basis. That's great. But once you cross the 2.5% threshold in five-year inflation expectations, then the negative correlation property quickly disappears. And that is because you know once this expectation meaningfully surpassed the central bank's stated objective of 2% inflation, once equity markets experience a drawdown, then policymakers will have to face a hard choice. They either have to accommodate conditions and they stop the market bleeding, or they have to decide to stay the tightening course and preserve credibility about their inflation mandate. That's exactly the environment where we are today, where policymakers have to go for a hard choice and Powell has chosen to stay the tightening course. Can you guess what meant for markets? Well, that, that meant we just witnessed the largest ever financial wealth destruction in history to the tune of almost $16 trillion only in bonds and equity markets in the US. I'm not even counting crypto yet. Now, when will bonds regain their magic property of this return-generating, drawdown-dampening asset for our portfolio? Or in other words, when can we buy bonds again? So I decided to have a look at my three points checklist that I always used in my career to check whether it's time to buy bonds or not and see where we stand. And it's a very simple checklist that says, is the momentum of growth slowing? And the answer is yes, definitely it is. Is the momentum of inflation slowing? Yeah, not really, but... And are central banks directly or indirectly giving us the green light to buy bonds? And the answer is that indirectly, yes, they are. So let's talk about these three points. First of all, the momentum of growth. Now, amongst the many forward-looking indicators I incorporate in my macro investment process, I selected just one. It's the PMI new orders to inventory ratio. And this one has been on a never-ending downward path for the last 14 months. Basically, new orders are coming down and inventories are building up, which means the economy is slowing down. So check. There are many more that confirm this thesis, by the way. Now, when it comes to the momentum of inflation, is that slowing down? We, we talked about inflation broadening beyond energy, food and other commodities, but ultimately the contribution of these three is, pre is still pretty large. So it is important to check what these commodities are doing also because do you know what correlates very well with commodities? That's inflation expectations. And that's what central bankers are looking to very closely as well. And what I'm looking at over the last week in my volatility adjusted market dashboard is that there have been quite significant moves in industrial and cyclical commodities. For instance, copper or other metals, they're down. Commodity exporter countries like Brazil, they're underperforming commodity net importers like India or Japan. And Europe, whose hiking cycle will be inevitably influenced by the evolution of commodity prices, being a large commodity importer too. In fixed income, in, in the European fixed income space, we've just seen a big rally unwinding some of these hiking cycles being priced in. So the question I have to ask myself is, have central banks engineered enough demand destruction already to sustainably hit even the most supply-constrained commodity complex like we're seeing this week, and therefore lower inflation and inflation expectations as a result? And I can't tick the box with full conviction yet, but hey, 
the more time goes by, the, the tighter the conditions are for longer, the more likely is that demand destruction will be enough to lower inflation expectation. That brings us to my third point is, are central banks giving us the green light to buy bonds or not? As my good friend and great investor, Jim Leitner, would say, always listen to the game masters, which are the central bankers. That can give you two green lights to buy bonds, either a direct one. It's the first phase of monetary policy accommodation. They just tell you, you know, we're doing QE, we buy bonds. You can just buy bonds before we do work together with us. You'll make money. This is not the case today. The second and more complex green light is the indirect green light. When they tighten the sharp economic slowdown, and in that case, they are basically increasing the probabilities of nominal growth reverting back to its weak structural trends. They also, at the same time, increase the appeal of long-term bonds. It's basically an indirect green light signal to go and buy bonds. How do we quantify when monetary policy is becoming restrictive for long enough or too quick? It's when real interest rates are rising sharply from very accommodative levels to tight levels compared to our star neutral interest rates, or where they're being above neutral levels for a long period of time. And nowadays we are in the position where real interest rates have reacted sharply up and they have moved from very accommodative in 2021 to quite restrictive today in a very sharp fashion. And once the credit, cheap credit dries up because policy is becoming very tight, all these leveraged business models, they take a large hit. And the, subse- the subsequent demand destruction tends to cripple economic growth for a while to come. So the distribution of outcomes for future nominal growth becomes more predictable. You do enough short-term damage because you tighten monetary policy sharply above neutral levels. And therefore, you basically are guaranteed that long-term growth will be disappointing, which in turn means that long-term bonds become more attractive. Now, the indirect green light has basically been turned on over the last few months, and time plays our way because the longer conditions remain tight and above neutral, the higher the likelihood that the indirect green light will be turned on. So summing up, Powell basically isn't going to dial back his hawkish stance despite the clear signs that demand destructions are emerging in both forward-looking indicators, economic indicators, but also in several macro-asset classes like industrial commodities for a couple of weeks already. And as time goes by, this is going to be basically, uh, this is going to increase the probability of recession and therefore also the attractiveness of long-term bonds. So how do we trade it? In an ETF portfolio for a medium to long-term investor, I've just simply started to accumulate long-end bonds this morning. So I bought in the US, TLT, for example, as an ETF. In Europe, there is IBGL, which is a 15 to 30-year European bonds ETF. I'm back into bonds as an asset class for the first time since summer 2021. I've allocated 50% of my fixed income risk budget so far. I'll try and tend to accumulate more as time goes by. In my tactical portfolio, I've made two changes. I've opened a flattener, US 10-year versus two-year. I've used futures for that. And I've taken profits on the shorts in equities, which doesn't mean I'm not short equities anymore because I've put on a new trade. The new trade is to be short two times the Russell and long one time the Nasdaq. So let's try to get into that. The path of least resistance from here should be that yield curves are going to invert. The recession warning signals will keep flashing in the back end, making it more attractive for people to buy, while Powell and other central bankers will force the front end to reflect their unchanged hawkish stance. The result is that yield curve are going to well, flatten out, meaningfully invert, I think. And although I like long-term bonds as a, as a long-term investor, I prefer the risk-reward of flatteners or selling bond volatility if you're a tactical investor here. When it comes to equity markets, if the long-end bond rally theory I have actually unfolds, we might see a tentative bid in the year-to-date slaughtered tech, which is a valuation-intensive sector, while the U.S. small cap, the Russell in this case, are likely to disproportionately suffer from the earnings slowdown, which is coming. And they won't get any tailwinds from lower bond yields. So what you want to do there to capture the relative value is to be long the valuation-intensive bond proxy 
or bond dependent, bond yield dependent NASDAQ to be short the Russell. But I also want to keep my net equity short exposure. So I'm structuring it by overlaying another unit of short Russell, which makes me two times short Russell and one times long the NASDAQ. Guys, this was all for today. Thanks for listening. Notice that the next piece will be out on July the 7th and not next week. I'll take a week off. Weather is too good. Food is too good. Seaside is too good in the south of Italy for me to pass on this week off. Last but not least, if you want to partner up with me, sponsor me, have consulting services, just reach out at themacrocompass at gmail.com. Please, if you like my work, click on the like button, share this article with friends. Help me please spread the word about the Macro Compass. It will really make my day. And thank you, guys.